go to 3 John. There's only one chapter in 3 John. So 3 John chapter 1, verse 3. 3 John, verse 3. It's all right if you want to shout or if you want to whistle. <laughs> 3 John, verse 3 says, I was most happy. This is John, the pastor. I was most happy when some friends arrived and brought the news that you persist in following the way of truth. He was talking as a pastor. He was saying, church, I'm so happy to hear that you're following, you're persisting, you're pushing through. Times might be tough. The news might be crazy. Things might be going on that don't make sense. But I'm so happy to hear you're still gathering together and you're persisting in the way of truth. And verse 4, he says, nothing could make me happier than getting reports like this, that the church, the children of God, continue. Everybody say continue. The title of the message today is continue, continue, continue. That the church, the children of God, continue diligently in the way of truth. If there was ever a time to continue, it's right now. He says, model the good. In other words, live like Christ, be like Jesus, stay in the, stay in the path, continue in the way of truth. And that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. Before we do, we're gonna say our victory confession on the count of three. Are you ready to say it, church? I'm ready to say it. I hope you're ready to say it. Turn to the person next to say, you ready to say this? All right, here we go. On the count of three, this is a declaration. If you're new to victory, join in with this if you want to. It's a fun declaration. Let's say it. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose. are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Lord, we thank you for victory. Thank you for joy, peace, grace, hope, strength, revival. I see revival. I see refreshing. And this morning, God, let us leave today encouraged, expectant, God. Lord, excited for what you want to do this year in our lives. Lord, let us not leave discouraged, defeated, depressed, but Lord, let us leave, God, with a greater joy, a greater pep in our step, God, expecting you to move in us and through us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, give someone a high five, say, I'm glad you're here at church. I'm glad you're here. Come on, Jesus. Man, I'm so excited to, to, to be with you this morning. I love celebrations. I love going to graduation parties, wedding parties, when someone gets a promotion and we celebrate their promotion, or when someone is uh, uh, retiring after a long, hard life of working in that job and people come to celebrate a job well done. I love celebrations. Most celebrations, whether it be a 50-year wedding anniversary. This year, I got to go to Jerry and Lynn Popenhagen's 50-year wedding anniversary, celebrating those monumental, marked moments of just continuing. But most celebrations are usually about the start of something or the finish of something or a big, marked moment in that person's life. And God spoke to me this week. He said, Paul, the angels throw a celebration for continuation. 
that I have a celebration for those who are just continuing in the faith. May not be their, their big year, may not be a big promotion, may not be finishing something, but they're just continuing to walk in the truth, continuing to show up, continuing to love their spouse, continuing to love their family members, continuing to forgive, continuing to pray, continuing to serve. God said, I have a celebration for continuation. We're, we're in this series called Onward, and I wanna just define what Onward means in case you missed last week, but this is Onward. It says, continuing in a forward direction. See, God calls us to move onward, not location physically, but onward in our hearts, onward in our relationship with Him, onward in our relationship with others, growing, progress. It says onward means to advance forward. It means to make progress, become more successful. It means to go further rather than come to a halt. As long as you're breathing, God wants you to be moving onward. Not backwards, not downwards, not sidewards, but onwards. Onwards towards God's calling for your life. Onward in the fruits of the Spirit. Onward in the attitudes that, that reflect Christ instead of going backwards into the old things of the flesh. But that word continue popped off at me this week. I was reading scriptures and it was like every scripture I was seeing the word continue. Paul was talking to different churches saying continue in the faith. Continue in the love. Continue in the spirit. You started in the spirit, don't get in the flesh. Continue, continue. I was reading scriptures and, and that one from John just popped off at me that God is happy to see his people continuing in the way of the spirit, in the way of truth. Continue. Here's the definition of continue. It means to persist in the process. Persist. It means to push through, to persevere, to be faithful, to be relentless, to stick with or remain in a forward motion. Continue. God loves it when he sees people continuing. You know, not everybody who starts following Jesus continues following Jesus. There's a hundred biographies in the Bible and two-thirds of them have a bad ending. Two-thirds of the men and women who start off on the right track towards God don't follow through. They don't continue. Somehow they get distracted. They get offended. They get hurt. They get distracted by sin, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, lust of the flesh. They get pulled into something they shouldn't do. And so they get out of the continuation and get pulled into something else that's, that's a waste of time. And today I feel like God just wants me to speak to you, church, to continue in the faith continue contending for the love of God in your marriage, in your family, in your life. Things might get tough, but I wanna encourage you to continue. This last week I was praying and I was just, uh, my wife helped me get away a few days to just prepare for word explosion and pray for the school year and just spend some alone time with God. And, and I was out in the wilderness and I was journaling, I had my guitar, I was singing, I was praying and writing and just me and God and God spoke something to me. And I'm going to be transparent with you this morning, so don't judge. Just say, thank God we got a pastor who's transparent. He's honest. <laughs> See, I'm growing. I, I'm not who I used to be, but I'm continuing to become who I need to be. <laughs> I'm in a process of continuing in my relationship with God. I have not arrived. Anyone else not arrived? Okay, good. Preaching to the right crowd. God spoke something to me, and he said, Paul, You've allowed, unintentionally, you didn't know it, but unintentionally, you've allowed pride to pull you into a place of settling in your hunger for more of me. 
And I immediately was convicted. I said, God, I don't want to be prideful. I don't want pride in my life. And God said, I know. It's not like any Christian desires pride. It's not, you didn't know it. It, it crept in. And he began to show me. It was as time this summer went by, we had a child. I got busy. I was focused on the ministry. And I didn't get into sin. I didn't do anything bad. It's just that I wasn't hungering and thirsting for more of God. And God said, Paul, I want you to have a continual hunger. And he said, don't get to a place where you've arrived. And it wasn't that I thought I had arrived. It's just that the deception of pride, you, know, you don't know you have pride because it's a deceptive thing. You need God to come in and just speak to you, hey, there's some pride here. It may not look like pride to you, but you've allowed yourself to settle and stop hungering for more of me. Stop thirsting for more things of the Spirit. You've become content and your contentment is not a holy contentment, it's a complacency. It's a lethargic attitude that says, I don't need any more, I'm full. See, when I go to eat at a restaurant or I go to eat at a Mexican place, Tex-Mex here in Tulsa, and I'm hungry when I go to those Tex-Mex restaurants, I get close to the chips and salsa. I bring the salsa and the chips right by me. I lean in, come on, you know what I'm talking about. I know where you're going to eat right after service today. I get right, come on, Los Cabos, El Tequila. I get real close to the chips and salsa, and I lean in. A hungry person leans in when they're hungry. A full person does this. And you know what God was saying? He said, it's like spiritually you've done this. And he said, Paul, I need you to lean in, because there's more. Some of you have tasted and seen that the goodness of God is real, that the miracles of God are real, that the intimacy with God is real. You've tasted it. You've seen it. And God has a word for you this morning. He says, there's more. There's more. There's more. Don't grow complacent in your walk with Christ. Continue to contend for more of God. Continue to hunger and thirst Romans 8 verse 5 says, those who live by the flesh continue in the things of the flesh. But those who live by the Spirit continue in the things of the Spirit. This morning, I want to encourage you to continue in the things of the Spirit. Don't get pulled into the things of the flesh. What are the things of the flesh? Pride, envy, jealousy, comparison, uh, getting into arguments and bitterness and strife. Those things block the flow and the continuation of staying faithful in a growing relationship with God. You see, Christianity is a verb, it's not a noun. It's not an arrival religion, it's a growing relationship. Come on, we didn't get into a religion of arrival, we got into a relationship that continues to advance, a relationship that continues to evolve and grow deeper and more intimate. It would be weird if you got married and you stop talking to your spouse after the day of the wedding. That would not be a growing relationship. If you just said, okay, we'll be in the same house, but let's not look at each other, let's not talk to each other, let's not go in each other's rooms. That would not be a growing relationship. That would be a stagnant, stale relationship. And what Jesus was speaking to me this week was, Paul, contend to continue to hunger to deepen your relationship with me. And you know what I think Jesus is saying to the church right now? I think he's saying, continue to hunger and thirst for more of God. You're going to need it in the days that we're in. You're going to need more of Holy Spirit, more of God in your family, for your children, for your spouse, for your business, your finances. Continue in the ways 
of God. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, continue to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. He wasn't saying be afraid of God. He wasn't saying be afraid of, of the things that are happening in this world. He was saying walk in the fear of God. Walk in the knowledge that you have been saved to bear fruit that resembles Jesus. The longer you're saved, the more you should become like Christ. It's funny. Some people who have been saved so long become more and more bitter. <laughs> more and more easily upset and angry. I'm not talking to anyone in this church. I, just tell your neighbor. He's not talking about us. He's not talking about you. All right. But what I'm saying is the longer you've been saved, the more you should be like Christ. The more your gentleness should be known to all men. The more kindness and love and forgiveness and compassion and things of the Spirit should be flowing from your life. Freedom from addictions. The longer you're saved, the more you should be growing in freedom from old habits. Things that used to bind you and hold you back. What is that? That's a continual relationship with Jesus. He doesn't invite us into an arrival. He invites us into a continual flow of more of him. Paul was saying, walk this out. How? You walk this out from the grace that you have because you are saved. You're not earning your salvation. You are walking out your salvation because you have earned his grace. You, have earned, you didn't earn it by yourself. Jesus paid for it. He paid all of it on the cross at Calvary. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Make sure you hear what I'm saying. Paul's not saying you've got to earn God's approval, earn God's attention. He's saying walk because you have his approval. You have his attention. Walk in the things of God. Walk in the grace of God. Walk in the flow of the Spirit. Flow in the fruits of the Spirit. Grow in your joy and your peace, your patience, your self-control. Colossians 2 verse 6 says continue in the faith. In other words, there's going to be things that will try to stop your faith, doctrines, teachings, things that will try to uh, pull your ears away to things that you want to hear. God's looking for a people who will continue to stand by the truth of God's word, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He's looking for people who won't be swayed by the popular ideas of the day. He's looking for people who will say, we're gonna continue no matter how unpopular it gets, no matter how difficult it becomes, we're gonna continue. We're gonna continue preaching the whole truth, nothing but the truth. No matter what anyone else says, this is God's word. His word stands true from generation to generation. It's an everlasting word. He says, continue onward in the things of God. God's looking, it says, 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, that the, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. In other words, God's looking for a people who are continuing to fully commit their lives to him. Surrender is not a one-time thing. It's a daily taking up your cross. God's looking for people who will continue to pray, continue to worship, continue to give, even when they feel like they've got nothing to give. God's looking for people who will stay faithful. Remember, continual is a word of faithfulness. God's more into faithfulness than he is into fashion. God's more into seeing you finish than he is in seeing you just start with a big bang. Yesterday, I was running, and, and on Saturday, I like to go and run and just pray over the message and let it simmer in me, and so... I ran my first mile, and I was coming back on my second mile, and usually on the second mile, I try to do intervals where I'll run real fast, then jog, then walk, and then run real fast, and I was getting ready to sprint, and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. He, I, I always hear God when I'm running, but he spoke to me, and he said, Paul, this time, 
I don't want you to see how fast you can run. I want to see how long you can run at the same speed. And I, I thought about it for a second. He said, Paul, I'm into longevity, not speed. You know, yeah, praise God. God's into longevity. God's more impressed with a church that stays faithful than a church that just springs up overnight. He's more impressed with a Christian who's just faithfully obedient to God. You may not be moving 100 yards a day. You may just be moving one inch a year, but you're faithful. Like the tortoise and the hare, the turtle just keeps moving. Onward. Onward, Christian soldier. Onward, Christian brother. Onward, Christian sister. Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. It's not always easy. It's not, it's not, well, sometimes we think that continuing it in the faith is, is gonna make everything in life easy. No. We think, well, maybe Paul, you know, I thought, you know, this was supposed to be a safe thing. I love on Narnia when Lucy asks Mr. Beaver, is Aslan safe? The beaver replies, safe? Who said anything about safe? But he's true. He's worthy. God invites us into a relationship that's more incredible than anything else you could do in this world. To say that Christianity is always going to be safe is really going against what Jesus promised. There will be persecution. There will be troubles. But take heart. I've overcome the world. There's people right now who all over the world are experiencing persecution. Persecuted for their faith. To tell the families in, in the Middle East who just lost their loved ones beheaded on the shores of the Mediterranean Sea. To tell them that Christianity is safe would just not be true. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's a worthy journey. It's a worthy journey. God says continue, no matter what things look like. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, don't be afraid of, of, of the person who can take your body, but rather be, be afraid of the one who can take your soul. And he's not saying be afraid. He's saying fear God because your soul is more important than your body. To live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm excited no matter what. I'm going to continue on. I'm not in an escapist mindset. I'm not hoping this one of these days I'm going to get out of here. No, I'm in a bring heaven down to earth mindset. We're a church that's going to contend to continue bringing heaven down to earth no matter what's going on. We're not just hoping one of these days we're going to get out of here. No, we're contending to continue bringing and advancing the kingdom of God in Tulsa, Oklahoma, through the Dream Center, through Camp Victory, through Victory Christian School, through Victory Bible College, through our children's church, through 24-7, through 3D, through mobile kids clubs, through our mission strips, through our missionaries. We are going to continue till Jesus returns. Why? Because that's what we're here to do, to bring heaven down to earth. None of this, oh, I can't wait to get out of here. It's so bad. It's all doom and gloom, but rather, Lord, use me as long as I'm breathing. Help me to advance the kingdom of God. Continue, continue. There's a story in, in, in our history books about a town called Little Gulf. In 1763, this town was established by the French settlers on the Mississippi River. Little Gulf was uh, a town that was actually named from its big sister, the big Gulf city of New Orleans. 
And uh, this, this little Gulf town became prominent, prosperous. A man named Thomas Calvin bought this city. And when he bought the city, he had had uh, someone who really impacted his life, a mentor, a friend, and he wanted to honor that, that friend. And so he renamed the city Rodney. I guess if you, if you buy a city, you can rename it. <laughs> so he renamed Little Gulf to Rodney, Mississippi. And Rodney sat right beside the Mississippi River. It began to grow. It was prosperous. It, be, it became very popular. Families started moving there. Thousands of people moved to Rodney. Factories were built. Restaurants were built. Businesses were started. Houses and neighborhoods were built up. Everything revolved around the river. It was the port of all the activities. It was the port where everybody got together. It was, it was a special city. But something happened in Rodney that no one could foresee. No one could tell this, could, this was going to happen. What happened was over the years, through the 1800s, little by little, the river started shifting directions. It wasn't overnight. It was kind of subtle. It was over a year, it would move a foot. The next year, it would move a few more feet, a yard. And the next few years, it got more and more further away from Rodney. Over the next decade, it had almost gotten a mile away from Rodney. And over the next few decades, it got to the point where the Mississippi River was now three miles away from Rodney. It had moved three miles away from the city. The city continued to prosper as the river was moving away, but little by little, the city, the, the city of Rodney started to experience a, a little bit of a, a drought. It began to dry up. It began to fade. The, the commerce, the wealth, the families, they stopped uh, 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 shopping there. They stopped eating there. People started leaving the town one family at a time. By the early 1900s, the city of Rodney, that at one time was almost the capital of Mississippi, it missed the vote by three votes against Jackson, Mississippi. Rodney was one of the biggest, prominent, most popular cities. You can Google it after church, not during church. But by the early 1900s, the city of Rodney became a ghost town. Not one family is left living in Rodney. Not one restaurant is left there. Not a house. In fact, the only thing that's left in the town that's barely hanging together, it's dilapidated, is an old Presbyterian church. It's falling apart. No one's meeting there. There's no families meeting there. There's no one getting together. It is a ghost town. People drive by it just to take pictures of the ghost town. What once was a massive, wealthy, prosperous city, when it got disconnected from the river, became a ghost town. And what happened to Rodney could happen to you and me spiritually if we get disconnected from the river, if we don't continue with the flow of the river. See, the Bible says that Jesus is the river of living water, that the Holy Spirit, he is a river. God is a river of life. When you get connected to the river, something happens in you. Salvation, freedom, joy, peace. You didn't become joyful because you got a new car. You got joyful because you got Jesus in your heart. You didn't get blessed because you got a new job or you got a girlfriend. You got blessed because Jesus came into your life. You're not wealthy and increasing because of your great personality. You're blessed because the source is God in your life. Don't you ever forget how you got blessed, how you got joyful. It's not because you got a new boat or bought a new house. All the material in the world, all the people in the world that you could surround yourself, all the fame, all the popularity, that's not what makes your life 
satisfied. It's the river of God. It's Jesus. And if you ever get away from the river, you are headed down a path of a ghost town in your life. Band, I want you to come up as I get ready to close. See, the truth is, so many people, they forget that the river is what gives them their strength and their life. They think, I can do this without God. We don't really have to go to church. We can go to church sometime later this year, maybe Christmas, maybe Easter. We don't need to really read our Bibles. We don't need to continue showing up and praying. We don't need to continue giving or tithing. We don't need to continue uh, 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 meeting together with other families of the faith, meeting together with other friends that are going to sharpen our spiritual walk. I can do this without God. I can do this without the church. I can do this without the disciplines of reading my Bible. And the second you do that, you may not experience it overnight. See, the city of Rodney prospered even when they were away from the river. And this is the thing that I think boggles some of our minds when we see wicked people prospering. God says, hold on, there's an end. There's an end. It, it will come to an end. When you disconnect from me, you may not see it overnight, may not happen in the next year. You might think, man, this is good. Sin is good. Life apart from having to be at church is good. Life apart from being around hypocrites is good. Newsflash, you're a hypocrite too sometimes. Don't get mad at me. Don't write me an offense letter. Just realize all of us at times are not always perfect. Sometimes we get turned off by church because we see someone who's imperfect. All of us have mistakes at times where we're imperfect. What, here's what's crazy. Here's what caused the river to stop going to Rodney. You want to know what caused the river to sh change directions? This is wild. A little bit of silt started to build up in the river. Piles of sticks, leaves. And if someone doesn't come out there and clean out the silt, push out the leaves, it creates a dam. And if the dam gets bigger and bigger, it causes the river to find a different pathway. The river's gonna find somewhere, someone that's willing to receive it. When you stop reading your Bible, stop praying, grow lethargic, complacent, God will find someone else to work through. He'll find someone else who wants him, who will receive him, who will say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here in my dorm room, in my apartment, in my house, in my business, with my finances. Here's my 10%. See, when we stop flowing and continuing in the things of God, we create a dam that causes the river. And what happened was the silt and the piles of leaves, it caused the river to shift away from Rodney little by little. Years went by. They got further and further away, three miles away from Rodney. I wonder what is trying to dam up the river in your life. Maybe it's offense, bitterness, resentment. God's looking for people who will continue to forgive, not just once, but 70 times seven on a daily basis. God's looking for people who will continue to pray, not just once. God, I prayed, nothing happened. God says, I'm looking for people who continue a persistent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'm looking for people who continue to walk this thing out. It is a daily taking up your cross, onward Christian soldier. Onward, Christian brother. Onward, Christian sister.
I'm looking for a marriage that will stay connected to the river, not just leave when things start getting exciting and having kids. We've got to go to soccer games. Maybe we'll come to church next year. Looking for a businessman who doesn't leave when his business starts prospering and forget where the prosperity came from. Looking for someone who realizes that God is your source. If you'll stay in the river, the river's not always easy. There's rapids, there's rocks, sometimes it's difficult, but I'd rather be in a river of rapids than be on the side in the forest, missing out on the plans of God, thinking I can do this without the river. Don't get distracted thinking you can do this without the Holy Spirit. Continue in the flow of the Spirit. This last week while I was praying, I, I got the chance to stand in a river. If you're standing in a real river, you can't stand long. There's a current. If you try to go backwards in a river, the current pushes you forward. You try to go sideways in the river, it pushes you forward. That current, it directs you in the, in the way you need to go. This is what it means when you're in the river of God. You've got the Holy Spirit prompting you, convicting you, guiding you, saying, don't get into that. Don't touch that. That's not for you. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. Get out of those websites. Stop doing that stuff. Get away from that sin. That's the old you. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the, the pride of the eyes, all of those things. When you're in the river, those things can't control you. See the difference between men and women in the Bible who made it and men and women in the Bible who didn't? The separation was in the continuation. People just didn't continue. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, he was talking to Timothy. He said, Timothy, send help to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He was saying, Demas... He just couldn't continue. He got distracted and he walked out of the river. He got out of the flow. He just didn't like the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He didn't like the conviction of obedience. God's not into flashiness. He's into faithfulness. He's into you just staying with it. Paul, I'm not seeing a breakthrough yet, but you will. When you stay in the river, you will see the breakthrough. If you get out, that's when so many people get out right before the breakthrough. Give up. Demas walked away. He fell in love with the things of the world. There is nothing in this world that can compare to what God has for your life. There is no drug, no drink, no sex, no pornography, no lying, no cheating, no stealing, no anger, no revenge, no murdering. There is nothing that will ever satisfy you like the goodness and the, and the grace and the mercy and the purity of Jesus, of God, of his word, of the Holy Spirit, of having your marriage in the church, your family in the river, your, your finances in the river, your life in the river of God. And God's speaking to some of you today, get in the river, get in the current, get back in the current, get back in the current. I remember as a kid, my parents read to me the kid version of Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Anybody ever read Pilgrim's Progress? Good book. It's a book about a boy named Christian. It's an allegory of Christian going to the celestial city. Really, it's, it's referring to men and women, boys and girls, grandparents as Christians walking towards heaven. But what he has to walk through is earth. He has to walk through this life and he goes through the valley of despair, the shadow of death. He's on the mountaintops. He has friends come beside him. One friend named Faithful. He has another friend who comes around and he has, there's temptations, the, the pleasures of life, the lust of the flesh. There's all kinds of things that try to discourage him, defeat him. But the theme of the book is onward Christian. 
onward. It's like this voice is beckoning him, continue, continue forward. It's the still small voice, the river of living water saying, continue college student, continue young couple, continue grandma, continue grandpa, continue mom and dad, continue raising them in the church, continue putting yourself in an environment of faith, continue praying, continue fasting, continue reading your Bible. But Paul, I'm not seeing the breakthrough. I'm not seeing, stay in the river, stay in the river. The breakthrough, the promise, the victory, the blessing, the prosperity, the prominence, the increase, it's all connected to the river. If you ever disconnect from the river, what happened to Rodney can happen to you. Stay in the river. What does that mean? That means staying submitted and surrendered to the Holy Spirit. You could go to Rodney today. There's still water in the town of Rodney. But here's, here's what happens. You throw a piece of grass or a stick in that water, it goes nowhere. The water is stagnant. It stopped flowing. It's stale. It's all dried up. So many people... They've allowed their faith to dry up, their passion, their hunger for God, their thirst for revival, their thirst and expectancy, leaning in like you would go to a Mexican restaurant, leaning in saying, God, I need more of you. Refresh me. Let the river of grace rush over me. Let your river of the word of God wash my thoughts, wash my regrets, wash my shame, wash my discouragement, wash away my fears, my panic, my stress, my worries. God, I need your river. Put me in the current of your Holy Spirit. Joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, love. Love. 